Grace be to you in peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Turn your attention again to our gospel lesson, the parable of the weeds and the wheat, as we hear Jesus teach us that parable and then explain it to us. We pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. We surely have to say that evil is very obvious in our world today. We hear reports every day about the effects of the virus, and then people get upset, they argue with each other, sometimes even get into physical fights over what should be done or what shouldn't be done about it. We hear reports every day about rioters and violence, people setting things on fire, destroying property, throwing fireworks at police who are trying to protect buildings that the rioters want to destroy or burn down. But even if we turn our attention away from the news and just focus on our our little area, we still see evil, don't we? We hear people every day putting the worst construction on things that people say or people do. We say hurtful things ourselves to others. Siblings get into fights with each other. Neighbors feud with each other. We give in to temptation. It's no surprise that Jesus taught us to pray, deliver us from evil. But when and how is God going to answer that prayer? The parable of the weeds among the wheat gives us some answers. But before we get to those questions, how and when will evil end, there's another question that Jesus answers that's on the minds of a lot of people. Why is there evil in the first place? Where did it come from? That question has caused problems for a lot of people, caused a lot of people even just to forget about God, to give up on God. God claims that he created all things, that he is all-knowing and all-powerful. And so our human minds conclude then that, well, then the God must have at least some responsibility for evil, right? If he created everything, if he's all-knowing, didn't he know what was going to happen? If he's all-powerful, couldn't he have stopped? Big questions that we have in our minds. It might seem to our limited minds that God is somehow responsible for evil, but Paul says, who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? And already in the Old Testament, through the prophet Isaiah, God says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. When our thoughts, our ideas, differ from what God says in his word, We always have to defer to what God's Word says. We bring our thoughts into subjection to the Word of God. We realize that there are many things about God and about His rule that we don't know and that we probably couldn't even understand if we did. So Jesus says in this parable of the weeds that the field that He pictures in the parable, that's the world. Son of man, he, the one who is equal with God 
Father from all eternity. He's the one who plants good seed in the field of the world. Now we should take note here because this parable is so close to the real familiar parable we talked about last week, the parable of the sower. In the parable of the sower, the seed was the word of God. It's not the case here. Jesus said the seed is not the word, the seed is the sons of the kingdom. That's what the good seed is, it's its believers. God created Adam and Eve, they were good seed, weren't they? Perfect. In the image of God, without sin. God planted good seed in his field. And as we look at the history of the world, even after Adam and Eve fell into sin, God is always, always will make sure that there are believers, good seed, as a part of the world. Even at the time of Elijah, when people were worshiping Baal through ritual prostitution, when Jezebel was doing everything she could to execute every prophet of God, when parents were offering their children as a sacrifice to Molech, and Elijah thought, I must be the only believer left on the face of the earth, remember what God told him. No, there's still 7,000. 7,000 believers, 7,000 sons of the kingdom just in Israel I have reserved for myself. The Son of Man plants good seed in the field of the world. As long as the world exists, he will always have his remnant of believers. There will always be the sons of the kingdom in the field. Now, the servants in the parable are confused. They know who their master is. They know that there's no way he would plant anything but good seed in his field. So, where'd the weeds come from? We say, if God is God and he's the only good God and the only thing he can do is plant good seeds, why is there evil in the world? Jesus' answer in the parable is, an enemy did this. And he tells us clearly who the enemy is. The enemy who sold them is the devil. And the weeds that he sows, the sons of the evil one. All those who continue to listen to Satan instead of listening to God and his word. As Paul says, do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. We hear these things, we're tempted to respond the same way that the servants of the master did. You see weeds. Should we get rid of them? That's what you do with weeds, right? Pull them up, you spray them with chemicals, you weed whack them, do anything that you can to get rid of the weeds. And that would be good if we were just talking about weeds. But remember what the weeds represent. They represent people. And James and John came to a village in Samaria. 
to announce that Jesus was coming, and the people of the village said, forget it, we don't want anything to do with Jesus, tell him not to come. They went back to Jesus and said, hey, Jesus, should we call down fire from heaven and destroy the village, get rid of the weeds? Jesus said no. He rebuked them. Jesus makes it clear that it's not our job as the sons of the kingdom, as believers, it's not our job to rid the world of anyone we think might be a son of the evil one. No matter how evil they might seem to be, no matter what they've done to us, Jesus never says it's our job as Christians to try to destroy them. Now, in the other kingdom, the kingdom of the world, the authorities of the world, God has given them the authority to take life, to destroy evil, in some cases, to prevent the spread of evil, to keep control and peace in society. But never has God given that job to church, to believers. We never have the right to destroy those we think might be sons of the evil one. Jesus tells why to his servants. He said, as you're, you're pulling up those weeds, you might pull up some of the wheat too. We can't see into people's hearts. If we go around trying to destroy those we think might be sons of the evil one, maybe they're not. And we might put an end to their time of grace. Here's where even though Jesus uses the, the picture, the example of the weeds and the wheat, the comparison limps a little bit. Weeds and wheat can never change, can they? They're always going to be either weeds or wheat. But that's not true of people. People change. Think of that village in Samaria. What might have happened if Jesus would have said, okay, go ahead, call down fire from heaven and destroy the whole village. Later, after Jesus' death and resurrection, we're told that the evangelist Philip went and preached in Samaria. We don't know if it was to that village or not, but it could have been. Some of those Samaritans, if they had been destroyed by fire, wouldn't have had that opportunity to hear the word of God. Maybe wouldn't have been brought to faith. Some might have lost their eternal life if Jesus would allow them to physically destroy the village. As long as people have physical life and the ability to hear the word of God, the Holy Spirit is able to take things that are weeds and turn them into wheat. To take unbelievers and make them into believers, sons of the kingdom. Another reason that we're not to make it our responsibility to physically destroy the lives of those we think might be sons of the evil one those actions are going to be seen by others as a reason, as an excuse not to believe in God, to turn away from him. So how does evil come to an end? It isn't when those who think they're sons of the kingdom, those who are believers in Jesus, physically try to get rid of all evil and those who do evil things. If that were the case, we'd have to destroy ourselves, wouldn't we? Because all of us do evil. All of us sin. The only way evil will end is when God comes in judgment at the end of the world. He's the only one who can and will put an end to evil. 
Jesus says, let both grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, first gather up the weeds and bind them in bundles and burn them. Then gather the wheat into my barn. The harvest is the end of the world. The reapers, take notice, they're not people. The reapers are angels. The Son of Man will send out his angels and they will put out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and those who continue to break the law. Angels, again, not people. Angels will throw them into fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. In his revelation, John sees the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. For nothing impure will ever enter the new Jerusalem, nor will anyone who does what is deceitful or shameful. There won't be any evil allowed to be in God's heavenly kingdom. The new heaven and the new earth will be the home of righteousness. When Jesus returns in glory on the last day, all those who remain children of the evil one will be removed. They'll be separated, sent away, not only from the presence of God, but from the presence of all those who are with God, all the believers. Now those words might strike you as a little scary at first, even if it's only for a little while, for it's clear that all of us have sinned, right? It's clear that there have been many times that all of us have been guilty of idolatry in some way or another. We've made someone or something more important to us than God, even if just for a short time. It's clear that all of us are liars, right? There isn't a single person who's never lied. We've all been guilty sometimes of not saying what we should about God and his word or we've lied about something we've done or failed to do. It's clear that all of us are worthy of being gathered together in a bundle of weeds taken by the angels and cast off into the fires of hell for all eternity. That's what we deserve. It says, The righteous will shine like the sun. Sons of the kingdom will be separated from the weeds. The angels will separate the weeds from the wheat, the sheep from the goats, the believers for the unbelievers, and the believers will be invited to come and share the blessing and glory of Jesus in heaven for all eternity. Who are the righteous? Who are the sons of the kingdom? You are. You are. You are the ones who have been declared righteous, declared not guilty because of Jesus. You are the ones who have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. You are the ones who have put on the righteous robes of Jesus, perfect life that he lived in your place, the death that he died for you, the resurrection, all have been put on you 
through faith in Jesus. You are the ones who are sons of the kingdom, who have been adopted by the Father to be his own dear children and heirs together with Jesus of eternal life. You have been cleansed, justified, sanctified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of the God who is working in his word and sacrament. Jesus made clear he only plants good seed. Right? God is not the author of evil. An enemy did this. Satan, he is the author of evil. God is the only reason that there's anything good in the world. It's not our job. We can't. We don't have the ability, the knowledge, nor the right to try and rid the world of all evil by getting rid of people we think might be sons of the evil one. Good and evil are going to exist alongside of each other until Jesus comes. But then, evil will come to an end. God will put it to an end. The angels will come, and they will separate the wheat from the weeds, the sheep from the goats, the believers from the unbelievers. Until then, stay close to God's word and sacrament. For that is what the Holy Spirit uses to keep you strong in your faith. And share that news, that good news, the gospel of Jesus with others. Because that alone, until the last day, can take sons of the evil one and turn them into sons of the kingdom. It's only by the power of God's word that anyone can be brought from unbelief to faith. And ultimately be a part of those who are taken into God's barn, into heavenly glory for all eternity. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.